welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. I'm a little bit nervous, so with me, um, I'm just—I'll just get started. All right. So I wanted to talk about anxiety because I hate the word. I do. I hate the word anxiety. I hate that it is something that I have going on in my life, and I hate that it's something that I let control me sometimes. Um, it just—it's just—it bugs me that word. I don't like to the word because it gives the feeling an identity it personified it and then it has a bit more control over me so I like to use the word fear instead and like I know that those two words do not mean the same thing but sometimes changing a definition of a word to suit myself kind of makes it a little bit evil. so because you know fear is something everyone has everyone's afraid of something it's not this big black cloud if you can control you it's fear everyone has fears I happen to let my fears affect me a little bit more than I should sometimes but I just I won't call it anxiety <laughs> um, so I didn't want to do this I didn't I didn't I to Scott for a few days he asked me because I I'd be able to I just let him on scene and I stressed out it all week um, I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to get up here. I didn't think I had anything worth saying. And I didn't think anyone would be able to connect to what I did say. So I wanted to back out. Um, and on Friday night, it got to where I went, okay, this is going to text Scott, let him know that I'm a failure. I can't do it. I'm backing out. Um, and I felt like a failure. I couldn't come up with anything. I didn't think anything was worth saying. Yeah, and I didn't feel like a good model. I didn't feel someone who should be up here. And I wanted to crawl in a hole, not rock up, not tell anyone I wasn't going to rock up, just hide away, because that's why anxiety told me it was the safe bet. But here I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. So, yeah, I had a big meltdown Friday night, and I actually felt it coming during the day. I felt that if I just had a big cry about it, I'd get some sort of a pity, and I'd be good to go. Um, didn't want to give in to it. I felt that that was giving in to the anxiety, not dealing with my problems, not coming prepared. And I just had to come to the realisation that it wasn't giving in to it, it was giving it. Um, it was recognising that I need more of God's help than I had previously been willing to accept. And once I had that big meltdown, I broke down, had that cry, um, God could break those walls down and then he could use me. He could turn that situation into something good. And he let me, I don't have to be scared all the time. Because you have a lot of fears. Um, but recently a big one has been just giving it all to him. I just want to hold on to it. Um, and it sort of takes a moment. Sorry, I've lost my notes. <laughs> so yeah, I've had this fear of giving in to him. And... On my meltdown, I had a breakthrough moment that I thought have, realised I can do this, God has been helping me out, he's been giving things to speak on, and fear was something that was already on my mind in operation stages. I didn't want to talk about it though. I was going to speak on forgiveness and memories and fun facts to do with that. I just, anything but fear. 
God, no, I don't talk about fear. That is trying in itself. Just give me something else, please. And it didn't work. <laughs> it doesn't. But God uses, he used the thing I was going through and the people around me to my advantage as he does. And he spoke to me through other people, as he often does. And he just encouraged me to revisit the story of Moses. So I, did. I read through it and I was specifically brought to the conversation Moses is having with God in the burning bush, specifically um, Exodus 4 verse 10 through 16. 16? Yes. So I'm just going to quickly read that. Um, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight, makes them blind? Is it I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what day. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know you can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. So, I really did connect with that. Um, specifically, I'm just going to read again verse 11. The Lord to him, who gave human beings their mouths, who makes them deaf or mute, who gives them sight or makes them not I, the Lord. That, I really connected with that in the same kind of way that I connect with Jeremiah 29:11. We all know that. Um, but Jeremiah 29 verse 11 always felt a bit more like a cheater verse to me. Um, you can do it. I believe in you for sidelines. But this one, verse 11, here just feels a more coach-like. It's, it's as though God's right here rather than just, ooh, go Zaria. No, this is God actually speaking to me and connecting with what I'm going through and telling me that he's doing everything for a reason and coming me through things. So, you know, it's like, who gave human beings their mouths? Sorry, I lost again. Okay, who gives human beings their mouths? Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but right now my mouth is shaking more than it does when someone is only talking. My mouth shakes when I speak public or about something that I have strong emotional connection to. And that makes me feel really weak. But I've had to realise that God has made that a part of me. I don't know why yet, but I have to have faith that I will know I grow and learn. God says, who gives them, who makes deaf or mute? You know, sometimes I have no idea what to say. God takes her, and he can make me mute in moments where my humanity is going to become between him and I. He takes over. Who gives them sight? Makes them blind. Well, I wear glasses and contacts, and I can't see with them. I'm blind as that. The glass in my glass is ridiculously thick. It's unbelievable. And for so long, I asked God, please heal me. Heal my eyes, let me, let me see. And I had to learn to remember that He's lovely, even though he's not healing my blindness right now. And he'd be saving that for later, for a moment I really need it. Or maybe he's not. Maybe he's not going to heal, and that's okay. I don't have to have this huge miracle moment to remember how it means to me, to my love, and to declare the good news. Loving him is and enough. 
Ben says, now go, I will help you to speak and teach you what to say. Once I gave him to him on Friday night, stopped, hold on to all those worries, had the down, had that cry. He took that and went, now you're ready. Now I can use you. Now that you're holding on to those things and putting yourself down, you're ready for me to use you. You're ready for me to break your walls down and tell these people what they, I want them to hear. I can show them the love and I can show you the love that you see. It's hard to open myself up to him. It really is. Um, it's one of my big fears. I'm a leader at youth and in kids, and I'm constantly struggling with what to say to the kids, what advice to them, how to show them how worthy and loved they are. I just know that they're loved. I have such a heart for them, and I need them to know that any anxieties and fears and any that they feel, God can take that away, but I don't listen to that advice myself. And I often find myself saying thing to them because... I'm trying it. I'm not letting God say it. I'm trying to say it. And I'm letting my fears me when I'm trying to tell them not to let the fear stop there. I'm constantly saying, it doesn't matter if you don't know what you're doing, you have a bad week, you get a grade. It data, God's got you. Don't feel stressed. Give it all up to him. Yet I am sitting here clinging to things that I refuse to give him. I give him a lot of things. I do. I give him relationships. I give him... My weeks, I give him so much time, but there are other things that I go, I can't give you this, God. Not right now. Please don't make me give you this. And he's sitting there going, give it to me now. He can't, he can have my Friday nights at youth. He can have my Sunday, but please don't ask for my relation with my family because um, I'm not Christian and I don't want to give that to you yet. And you can have Sundays, but don't ask for the time to pray those Sundays because that's terrifying. I don't want to do that. It's scary. You can't have my securities or myself, even though I won't heal me of those. I'm just not going to hand them off. And I'm constantly telling other people, just give it to him, just to him. But I don't. I just hold on to it. And it's scary. The thing that stops is fear. I'm scared. They're irrational fears. I'm scared that nothing change. Oh, they're not going to do anything about it. And logically, I know that he can. But I have those what-if moments. What if he doesn't? What if that's not his plan? What if it goes wrong? There's just a whole bunch of what if moments. And I let go of that fear. And that fear that I'm not good enough, that fear of letting things go, stops Moses as well. Moses says, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither past nor since you have spoken, servant. I am slow of speaking tongue. He's not good enough. I never have been good enough and not good enough right now. Please use someone else not good enough. I'm a role model. I'm not a leader. I'm not someone that you want here proclaiming your word. Surely just send else. I'm not good enough for that. And God says, no, I want you. God says, who gave your mouth? I gave you a mouth. And when I won't say something, you're going to say it. Who makes them deaf or blind? God did. And sorry, did I say blind? Who makes them deaf mute? God and when he wants me to say something, I say it. And when he wants me to stop talking, I stop talking because he has power. I just have to give my to him. I just have to let him, let him take over. I've got to him enough to say, God, I'm giving you my all right now. I'm letting you say what you want to say. Who gives them sight and blind? It says, Zaria, I can take away your You may be able to see very well, but you can. And I can take that away. When I was... Um, 
when I was 15, my optometrist me that the way my eyes were going, I could end up blind by the time I was 25. And that's a terrifying to hear when you're 15 years old. But didn't have me live through that for nothing. He did that in my life so that I appreciate what I do have. I could appreciate the things I can see and I can appreciate that I was born into a country that can solve those problems. I, I find myself of God's creation all of the time. And I find myself thinking I could see it better and see it more. So I don't know the same way about spending time with him all of the time. I should be, God, I want to see you more, I feel you more. But it comes in waves. Sometimes I'm all right at it, other times I'm just really bad at spending time with him. And I'm just really bad. I sit in a park or at the river, the beach, just watch and let be in complete and love it. I love his creation. But when I get home, I open my Bible anywhere near as much as I should. I appreciate what he's created, but I'd spend enough time appreciating him. Who gives them sight or makes blind is it not I, the Lord? I will help you speak or teach you what to say. Give it all to him, and there you go. I cried because I didn't feel like I could do it. I gave it all up. I passed it on to him, and he said, now go. He can help. He will teach me what to say. I've got to get up on this stage, even though I'm still terrified. And he can still use me. He can still use me to show his love and say what he wants to say. And then after that judgment, we say, God, send someone else. Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord, please send one else. God spent all this time encouraging on Friday night, and then Saturday morning I woke up and went, I don't know if I could this. Please just send someone else. And God goes, no, he's not going to go, okay, you're right, you don't have to do it, I'll back down, go back to your little bubble, your safety net, we'll try again later. No, God said, I have a solution for you. He sent Aaron with Moses because Moses didn't think he could be alone. And he told me, Arya, I have a solution to your problems. You just have to be ready to hear it. God can do so many wonderful things in my life. I just have to let go of my fear. I just have to give it all to him, and then I can be a world changer too, just like Moses. Hey, let's give her a hand. That was incredible. <coughs> Aria, thank you for your honesty, your vulnerability, for sharing, for letting go so that we can receive this morning. Um, you know, how many of us relate to that, that you know, it may be a fear in a different area, but brings us to a space where we've got to kind of face it. And we have opportunity to run and hide or to let go and let him do what he wants. So thank you. Even the process of putting together a message can you know, test what's in us. But uh, how does that relate to you? What are the things that, that God's you know, bringing you through? Things that are you know, scary or fearful that are creating that thing. Awesome word. Next up we have uh, Christopher Sutton. 
And um, let, me, let me say a few words about him before he gets up. Not only does he have one of the best moustaches in, in Elmbrook, he's a, a great guy. He's a key guy in our youth ministry again, in our kids' team. And um, he does so much work with our young guys. Helps to raise them up, helps to uh, make strong disciples, and um, comes from a great heritage of people who love Jesus. But uh, he, he is stepping into the call of God that is on him. And there's people in our, in our family that have seen something in him for many years that he possibly hasn't seen himself. But the, the stage is now of really stepping into that and feel like this is an opportunity um, for him to step into the call of God. So can we welcome Chris as he comes to bring the word this morning? Nice. Um, first of all, I uh, just want to say happy birthday to Ashley Newton. So if everyone could point and say happy birthday, that'd be nice. Um, I'm feeling pretty good today. How's everyone else feeling? Good? I got amazing encouragement from Craig, Ashley's husband, today. Um, I felt pretty good last night, and he came up, gave him a big go, and um, told me that God loves me. I almost cried in the back of the church. <laughs> um, just like Zara, a lot of that like really resonated with me because I'm nervous as heck as well. Can you guys tell? No, okay, good. Um, I don't really want to go. No, I'll go on to why I'm nervous. Um, Often speaking on a Sunday is really difficult because I'll see a lot of people out there that, like, I'm supposed to be teaching you guys something or telling you guys something that you haven't heard before. A lot of you guys have been Christians for longer than I've been alive. And I'm, also, I'm supposed to come up here and start talking, start telling you guys stuff. So that's the thing that freaks me about. That's why, um, yeah, I, I, I just have to give it to God and have to just have faith. This is what God wants to say to you guys. Because if, if it's me, no, like, nothing, nothing's going to stick. There's, there's no point in me coming up and just going to talk for no reason. Um, so I was in, in the car on Wednesday. Um, I had a rough week. And just like Zara said, I pretty much broke down in the car. Like, just had this really rough week, and like, haven't even, my Bible, haven't even, like, tried practicing for, for today or anything, and I was freaking out, and um, I just got stuffed around all day. And so I just broke down the car, and I was like, no, nah, this is it, and I haven't done this before, and I was like, good God, that's it, take everything. And I called my wife, like every man does when he breaks <laughs> And uh, I, I just started to, um, I haven't done this before, and I should do, practice it more often, but I put, a playlist that Sam made it's, um, called Christian Favourite Spotify. And I started to listen to these um, worship songs on the way home. I was just breaking down. I was like, have everything, have everything, have it all. And um, halfway home, I, God gave me what I needed to say. And I was shocked. I was sitting in the car in front of my house listening to this worship music and just slamming it down like in, <laughs> in my phone before I forgot it all. And I was just, it was amazing. It's stuff that, honestly, I, I couldn't make this stuff um, <laughs> Like, and I was so impressed. It gave me a lot of faith to actually come up here and talk to you guys about it. And the message is on faith. There we are. So I'm sure I'm sure we've all done this. Some people think that, like, some people think that God, some people expect God to give them faith result for a miracle. So you think that if God shows Himself to you, then you'll truly believe. If God will do something amazing, then you'll truly believe. That's not necessarily the case. And a good example of that in the book of Exodus. In Exodus, Moses split the sea right in front of the Israelites. They walked through, they dry ground through walls of water. They still doubted God. 
They were hungry and they ate manna from heaven. I still don't know what manna is, but they ate it. And, and they still doubted God. They were thirsty, and this is my favourite. Moses struck a rock with his staff and gushed out of it. They were thousands and thousands of third people. This wouldn't have been, if it cracked open a rock and a little bit of water, like, oh, cool. But it, it gushed out. They'd run, be filling their jugs up. This had to last them a long while. And they still doubted God after that. That's like, what, third, like one of the third big miracles that's happened. I'm sure there's heaps, but this is just the ones I'm, I've listed down. Um, God walked ahead of them with a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire during the day. Who's seen a pillar of fire? Anybody seen a pillar of cloud? And still doubted God. God gives so many miracles. It won't strengthen your faith. It'll make you spoiled. It'll make you complacent. Man, these are, this is one of the ones that hit me pretty hard. If you could put that one up, Phoebe. Miracles are as of faith, but faith could be a result of miracles. Man, hitting me hard on the car, eh? The, right, the reason these miracles were happening was because Moses had faith. Every, all these they, nobody else had faith after them. They happened because Moses had faith. And all these other guys, they still doubted after all those miracles. Um, and that brings me to Mark 6, 1-5. Please, Phoebe. So Jesus, re- Jesus returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. Uh, next Sabbath, he began teaching synagogues. And many who heard him were amazed. They said, where did he get all this wisdom and the prophet performs miracles? I'm reading the New Translation, by the way. Um, they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Jodas, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon. His sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honoured everywhere except his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Because of their unbelief, belief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place hand on a few sick people and heal them. Nobody had faith in Jesus and no miracle happened. And if I'm allowed to drop the mic, am I allowed to drop the mic? Like, no. Okay. <laughs> Can you bring up the next point? Everyone is waiting for a miracle, but Jesus is for faith. I wish I could drop the mic. That, that, I should just walk out on that. That's amazing. Jesus is waiting for your faith to do miracles. He can't do miracles without have faith in him. And it's like Acts 22. I'll do that later. Why that, why, that, why that one gets to me. Anyway. Um, another example. Can we go Matthew 14, 25, 31? If you guys are pleased, if you guys are to know, please write that one down. Everyone's waiting for a miracle because that's hit me. Hard. Uh, about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He saw the disciples... Oh, sorry. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, said, Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called him. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come out to you, walk on the water. Jesus said, yes, come. You guys might see something in life. Be like, is that you, Lord? Call me out. You're in a safe boat. It, the boat is safe. The water is. How are you supposed to get to Jesus? So Peter went outside of the boat, over that safe boat, and walked on water towards Jesus. But then he saw the strong winds and the waves, and he was terrified, and he began to sink. And he said to me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him, 
said, you have so little faith, why do you doubt? Oof. So I'm, that message is there really to me, because I'm going through something similar at the moment. I'm trying to change jobs into a different company. These, these guys have um, offered me a job. And usually I'd say no, but I, I think that Jesus is calling me out to it. I'm in a safe boat right where I work. I've got good hours, I've got good pay, it's close to home. It's a very professional company, got heaps of contracts. I'm going to run out of work. This place that I'm going to, there's these waves and these winds. Like, Jesus is there, but there's like so many winds, so many waves crash down on me trying to go to this place. There's less pay, it's less professional, and they have less contracts. I've, the place could shut down next year, I don't know. I've heard rumours of them being close to shutting down a few times. But God's still calling me out to this place, and I'm having a really strong faith to walk on water these waves crashing down on me and all these things weighing me around wind pushing me around to take horse trying to take me off direction or just in general trying to get me into the boat that yeah i think the part of that message is just like peter if it's too much and i start to doubt i can still call on jesus and he will still save me. he will not leave there if all's gone i can still call on jesus and he will stretch his hand out and save me. jesus may call you out in life and said, you know, sort of unfold Jesus. And you've taken a step of faith out of the boat to follow him. You've taken a big step. Like, that's, that's still crazy if you, like, imagine their position. The boat, there's heaps of waves and it's like people are going to die if they get out of the boat. And when it gets shaky, you start to doubt Jesus. Is it the right move? Was that really Jesus? Was it a ghost? And you start to lose faith. And you start to sink. And because you're using faith, no miracles are happening. And because no miracles are happening, losing faith. And it creates a spiral where you unintentionally doubt Jesus and you start to walk away and you get scared and disoriented. And you start all the miracles that he's done in your life. Just, just, like, just like the Israelites. I'm sure if you guys think back, God's done some crazy miracles in your life, somewhere along the line. But even when these waves crashing down on us and this wind pushes around, we still start to doubt. Um... Could you please put 1 Timothy 1.19 up, please? There we are. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciousness. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. God loves boats. <laughs> he really, really goes into the boat thing. Some people deliberately violate their consciousness. They deliberately take eyes off Jesus. And Jesus is like a compass. He's like a lighthouse. You know, he's over there, he's calling you, come here, this is safe, this is the way to go. There's still waves, there's still wind, but this is the safest way. And you start to lose faith, and you go, that way looks scary. And you start to go the other way, it might be, it might be, less, it might be less waves, but there's jaggers. Faith gets shipwrecked. Yeah, I, I, love the, I love the boat analogies, eh? Jesus, the perfect curse, the perfect lighthouse. Cling to Jesus and follow in his steps. He will get you out, and he will get you through the storm. He will steer you through the jagged rocks. And some storms are longer than others. Some waves are bigger than us. Oh, I lost my spot. Oh, there we go. And they may, may come between your view of Jesus. There might be this big wave and it comes and it, it separates your view of Jesus. And you start to lose sight. You don't know, go, you, you don't know where to go. You know, it, what's gone? But because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not there. He's still on the other side of the wave. He never abandoned you, and he never will. Cling to your faith for dear life, like it's the only thing you've got. 
when those waves are crashing down and those wings start to blow you off course, you cling to your faith and you will see miracles through Christ Jesus. And if I can that last one back again, everyone is waiting for a miracle, but Jesus is waiting for your faith. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.